Good morning, church.
King of angels. Oh, come, let us adore. Welcome to Real Church. We are so glad you are here this morning. And I don't know about y'all, I work for the school system and I am counting down five more wake-ups. Yeah, all the, all the students and teachers are like, yes, yes. Uh, it is a beautiful sunny day and it is just an awesome day to worship the Lord. And we are just so glad that you are here and so glad uh, those of you who joined us online. So please just continue to worship with us this morning.
Shall come. 
It's working now. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David.
How's everybody doing today? Good, good. Don't you guys love what we're doing? Don't you guys love, like, don't you, are you guys looking forward to it every Sunday like I am? Man, it is so amazing. And here's the cool part is, is I get to see behind the scenes. So I get to see kind of behind the scenes of, of all the planning and all that kind of stuff. And I get to hear a lot of the stories. And so today you're going to hear one of the cool stories. I just love what we're doing. Um, I've had so many of you guys come up and say, man, I just love our church and what we're doing right now. And I do too. I do too. And I'll tell you this, and I want to do it every year. Are you guys cool with doing this every year? Yes. Let's do it every year. Listen, I want to tell you guys something. Uh, Lynn's going to go over some things at the end of the service, uh, and, and you're going to be amazed that of all the things we've done this year. And it's, it's a crazy thing. It's not what we've done. It's what God's done through us. Are you with me? So I promise you this. You know, we don't, we don't ever harp on giving and all that kind of stuff. We've got boxes in the back if you want to give. We don't even pass an offering plate. But I'll tell you this. You keep giving, and we'll keep doing stuff like this. Is that a deal? Is that a deal? Cool. Hey, listen, I'm so excited today. The, <clears throat> the people we have here today are really close to my heart. Um, the ministry is really close to my heart, and here's why. It's because I actually worked at the church that helps do this, this ministry. Um, and I had six, uh, six great years there. I love all the people that are involved in this. I'm, I know them, every one of them. I know their hearts. I know their, I, I just know, know what this ministry is all about. It's an outshoot of a ministry, and you're going to hear about it today. It's the, it's the Palmetto Food Pantry. Uh, up in Palmetto, it's a food pantry. They, 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 they do work, and I don't want to give too much away, but they do great, great works. And I want to I introduce you guys to Morgan and Gail. Morgan, Gail Brooks, you guys come on up here, and we're going to get to know them. Yeah, y'all can give them a hand. It's great. Come on up. Come on up. Yes, yes, yes. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up, my friend. Y'all have a seat. Here's your microphone. Y'all can have a seat right there. And... Uh, Miss Gail is organized. She, we talked and she said, I want to know the questions. And I said, well, I'm just going to give you some softball questions. And she said, well, that's fine. I want to know the questions. And I said, okay. So guess what? She gets to know the questions, but I'm, I didn't tell her about this question, which is the first question. And I want to know a little bit about you guys. Tell me, I want to know, this is close to my heart too. Tell, tell me about your foster parenting. Tell me about that. How many children have you guys been foster parents for? Uh, over 200 for 35 years. 35 years. Over 200. How, uh, how, how has, how, gosh, why did you do that? Like, what convicted you to do that? I don't think you have all day. <laughs> um, but actually, a goat. Yeah, a goat. A goat. All um, right. We were selling a little goat on trading posts, mm -hmm. and a lady came to our house to yeah. buy the goat for her foster child. Mm. And she started talking to us about, talking to me about foster parenting. Mm. And um, I said, that's something I could do, because I had a two-year-old, and I was not teaching school at that time. I was at home. Mm -hmm. um, and when my husband came back from a trip, he was uh, on I an airplane. I was on a Delta Airlines flying back from Texas, I think and read in their magazine about foster parents. Wow. So we felt like God was speaking to us. I hear you. So that's how we started. Over 200. Over 200. That's, I think that deserves another hand. That's amazing. That's incredible. That's incredible. That's incredible. It really is. So listen, how did the food pantry start? How did it start? There was a... Um, 
We're in a new building in Palmetto now. Yes. So the, in the old downtown building, there was a minister of music mm -hmm. named uh, Chris Gould. I don't know if you were there. I, I was very close friends with Chris Gould. Okay. Chris Gould, um, he mentored me, Chris Gould. Um, really, honestly, if I'm being real honest with you, I don't think I'm overstating this. Uh, Chris Gould was the glue that held, uh, uh, you know, there are certain people in a church that just kind of hold it together. Chris Gould was the glue that held it together. And he worked tirelessly his whole life. I watched him constantly and we'll get into how you guys get food, but I watched yeah. him have a passion and a heart. And, and it's, it's really, it's, it's a sad story, but it's, it's, you know, we know where Chris Gould is, but, but Chris Gould uh, developed brain cancer uh, the year he was, he was going to retire. And he ended up passing away. Um, but he was a lifelong faithful servant of the church, and he was an incredible Godly man, there are just people you meet sometimes in your life that affect you deeply, and for Wendy and I, we've never ever forgotten Chris and the impact he's had on both of our lives. He just is an awesome man. So Chris Gold means the world to me. I promise I'm not going to expound on everything just because I know all these people. I promise <laughs> I'm going to shut up and let them talk. Well, anyway, Chris saw a need in the community, mm -hmm. and so he worked out a way to meet that need. Mm -hmm. And uh, there were several people in the church that uh, went along with what he was doing and, mm -hmm. and volunteered to help. Yeah. And originally, uh, in the back of the church, there was a little narrow hallway that was about as long as from here to your exit sign back yeah. there. Yeah. And probably only as wide as those two doors. And they yep. set up inside there, and, and the people would come, and they'd have to walk up these big tall steps and go through and come back down again to the end. But uh, we moved across the street to the youth center. That's right. And which has been a real blessing. Yeah. But now, uh, a need that we, I'll change tracks here just a second. Yeah. Uh, so been, I see some rich guys, I guess is what you'd say. They're buying up Palmetto. Yeah. And they bought our church and the pantry and just about the rest of the block and several mm -hmm. other buildings in town. We don't know what's going on, but something's fixing to happen in Palmetto. But yeah. uh, so we're looking for a new place. That's right. So please keep us in in your prayers for that. Yeah. So so they when they they Palmetto's had the building for sale there for a while, and a company yeah. came in and they they bought it and they given you guys one year, right? Every they given you a one year lease of the building across the street. Uh, it's right there across the street. Uh, Palmetto, Palmetto Baptist actually meets now. It's right inside Coweta County. It's on 29, a big, beautiful 20-acre campus. And I know there's things, there's talks in place to maybe locating on that campus. I'm not sure how that's going to end up. But just a, that, that's a big-time prayer request for them because they have, they have one year. Probably this next year will be the last year they'll be able to locate there. Right. So, and there's a lot of stuff. That, the, plate, the little narrow building wall, he's t I told you I wasn't going to expound, but I kind of am. Um, the, <laughs> you know me. The, the area he's talking about, whenever he said it was narrow and long. I cannot express to you how narrow and long this place was. And it's amazing that they fed this many people out of this little closet type thing that they had set up for the food for the food area. So how long have you guys been serving there? We've been uh, involved with the food ministry for about four years. Four years. Yeah. All right. Four years. We lived in Carrollton before mm -hmm. we retired. And then we retired and moved down to be close to our one of our children lives near Palmetto. Gotcha. And so that's how we got in the area. Gotcha. We were both uh, school teachers. All right. And so 
I guess the question that everybody would have would be, where exactly does the food come from? Like, where does the food come from? All right, there's several places around that you can, that different food pantries get supplies from. One's the Atlanta Community Food Bank, mm -hmm. where you have to pay like 10 cents on the dollar for goods. The other is a Midwest Food Pantry over in Peachtree City, and you don't have to pay for that. But we do make a donation on a monthly basis to mm -hmm. them mm -hmm. uh, through the church for that. And then other pe people, other churches, we have several uh, Christian schools that do mm -hmm. can drives. Right. And uh, we go pick up the food from them. Yeah. And then individuals in the church, we, we keep a box behind the uh, like little have out here. Yeah. And people bring in canned goods and put, right. put in there. So... That's basically we, uh, you know, just if somebody and other another food pantries also call us and say, "Hey, that's right, that's right." And we yeah. have a lady that uh, donates eggs, her her yeah. eggs from her house, and we also have a lady who donates cat and dog food, which is a gotcha is a good need. Yeah, yeah, and that's one thing you guys may not know is is that a lot of food pantries like I-58, Bridge in the Gap, those things, they do share with one another. Yes. They do network with one another, which is really a, a cool a cool thing. So how how many people will you serve on a weekly basis? Well, we don't let the whole families come through. It's just, you know, like one or two people with each sure. family. So we can do, we usually do between 20 to 45 gotcha. on a weekly basis. The first of the month is usually the heaviest part the heaviest, of the month. Yeah. But that represents, you know, maybe 100 to 160 people. Mm -hmm. And as far as the family size goes. That's right. That's exactly right. And so, so tell me the backgrounds. Like, what are the backgrounds of the people that are, that are coming? Like, what are, their, what are their backgrounds? What do you guys, what have you seen? What do you experience? Those kind yeah, of we've things? got uh, retired people. Okay. We've got people on dialysis. Mm -hmm. We've got people with... Uh, different diseases that keep them from working. Uh, we've got people that are just, uh, you know, they have low paying jobs, mm -hmm. so they run out of money yeah. somewhere during the month. Raising their grandchildren. Yeah. yeah. You see a lot of that, and you see a lot of, of, of people raising their grandchildren. We do. Oh, yeah. We have people ask us to pray for them, and, mm -hmm. and we do. We circle around and pray with them. Yeah. A lady uh, just came a couple of weeks ago who had cancer, mm -hmm. and she asked for our prayer, and mm -hmm. we just stop what we're doing and awesome. we pray for them. That's, that's good stuff. Um, what days do you guys actually serve? I know are, what it used to be, but I'm not sure what it is now. We're still open on Mondays. Monday. Just Mondays from uh, 3 to 6. Gotcha. And we, um, if someone shows up at the church and they have a need for some food, then uh, the church staff, you know, That's they right. can go up there and get them whatever they need. That's right. So we're basically open <laughs> all the time, but... Yeah. But really, only but on your Monday afternoon. Service is Monday. Monday, that's right? correct. Every month, every Monday. Gotcha. Every Monday. No matter what. No matter what. No matter what. We'll spend our. No matter whether it's raining or snowing. Hold on a second. No, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. So tomorrow is your anniversary, isn't it? That's correct. So I'm sure you've got a hot date planned. You're going to take her out for dinner and all at that. At the food pantry. You're going to be at the food pantry. <laughs> and how many years? How many years? 52. Oh, 52. 52. So, so.
so y'all are going to go to the food pantry on your anniversary. Right. My wife, ours is 30th of December. My wife's going to be in Disney for our anniversary. I'm, I'm going to be by myself. <laughs> Thanks, Wendy. <laughs> and here they are serving Jesus, and my wife's going to be bowing down at Walt Disney's feet. Anyway, I'm just kidding you, girl. Oh, she's, going, she's going with her niece, and if you've seen Ellie's, Ellie's worth it. So, no, seriously. 52 years, and yeah. what a great, what a great, what a great thing. What is your biggest need? What's your biggest need? Biggest need is for uh, prayer for a new location. Okay. After that, it's probably, uh, you know, when you get vegetables, they don't keep very long. Yeah. So, uh, fresh vegetables. We operate sort of like a little grocery store. Mm -hmm. People come in one end, they sign in, they go through, they get a buggy with them and they go along the shelves and pick out basically what they want mm -hmm. within reason we have limits you know you can't get six laundry detergents but uh, so, so they go through the place and they come out on the other end with 30 to 40 pounds of food mm -hmm. so uh, you know we always need ketchup yeah, we ketchup. always need ketchup we <laughs> always paper. We need household cleaning supplies household cleaning supplies yeah. okay. laundry detergent that mm -hmm. type of stuff those are things that we don't get gotcha donated very often gotcha um, so here's something that we talked about on the phone but I want to make sure that people here get it as well how many people volunteer at the at the food pantry Normally there's, normally there's between 10 and uh, 15 people working on a Monday night. And then um, behind the scenes, there's probably at least four or five more that help out and pick up stuff and organize getting, getting stuff donated. Gotcha, gotcha. So one of the things that you guys need to know is that this is not, um, this is not a, a, a volunteer position that... Um, this is 100% full service. Are you with me? It's not very glamorous, all right? And the truth of the matter is, is that, is that they do need people to volunteer. They need people to, it's one of those things where the same old people are doing the same old things all the time and there's yeah. no new, new blood coming in. And so one of the reasons I wanted to have them here, because you're constantly asking me if I know of places to serve, and the reason we're having all these people here is because they have a genuine need on Mondays, uh, Mondays from 3 to 6, right? That's correct. And it doesn't matter if people can come at 5 or 4, whatever time, but they definitely have a genuine need for people to serve, right? That's correct. And so if someone here wanted to serve, if someone here wanted to volunteer and wanted more information, how would they get that? All they have to do is show up uh, somewhere between 3 and well, the earlier the better, but uh, yeah. at our at our facility in downtown Palmetto, mm -hmm. if you don't want to help, if you don't want to walk through and help people, uh, you know, and, and take care of what their their needs yeah. are, you can stock shelves. There's yeah. always something to do. That's right. That's right. Our oldest volunteer is 87, and she's there every Monday night. 87. 87. Apparently. If you serve, you have long marriages and long life. So you do you, but I'm going to keep serving, okay? I'm going to keep serving. That's what I'm going to do. So here's the question. What has been the biggest blessing that you guys have received from doing this, from doing the food pantry? 
Uh, just the feeling you get from helping others. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Miss Gail? The same when they walk in. Miss Gail, can you take me around? Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. Yeah. We have a lot of elderly people that come mm -hmm. in and we're like their best friend. Yeah. And they're just thrilled to death with, with uh, what we take for granted. Mm -hmm. right. And before the pandemic set in, we used to go to the uh, senior center in mm -hmm. Palmetto. Mm -hmm. And so we developed a relationship with several of those people there. Mm -hmm. And we encouraged, and they didn't know, most of them did not know about that the food pantry was even there. Mm -hmm. So we uh, got several of those people coming now because most of them are on fixed incomes and they need help. <coughs> and so they, some of them are still faithful. Yeah. In fact, is right now we're using the freezers <laughs> at the, at the senior center to hold some stuff that we got extra over Christmas. That's right. Turkeys. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly right. As you guys know, we are, we, we, the first thing we did is we heard they had a need and uh, they put it on social media and I saw it and we got to with RJ, I don't know where RJ is right now, but RJ's back in the back. We got with RJ and our church has already provided, we provided 50 of the hams for, for, for Thanksgiving, which was incredible. And they went uh, fast. And they went fast. I heard they went fast. Someone told me they did. We but, still have turkeys. Yeah, still have turkeys. So <laughs> everybody knows hams better. Anyway, but um, so, so my encouragement to you guys is, is that come up and talk to, uh, to, to the Brooks and, and, and talk to them afterwards and get involved in what the community is doing. This is an, this is an easy win. It's an easy thing to grab your kid from school and head over there and help serve. That's an easy thing. It's an easy win for you instead of, you know, sitting at home on Monday afternoon to go over there and help. Or maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you just have extra things that you want to do and so you want to just take some food over there and to donate over there. It's an easy thing for you guys to do. I think, I think it really is. And aren't these people awesome people? Aren't they? It's incredible. It's incredible. You know, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible what, it's incredible. I mean, I don't know if you guys are learning this and I kind of get to see the background, but it's amazing what you learn about what's going on right in our community. I mean, there's people there. I know there's some of you that pass right by, by this every day on your way to work <laughs> and you have no idea they're, the ministry that they're doing. So, well, listen, we do want to bless you guys. This, this series is called the wish list. And I've talked to some of to y'all and some of your leaders about what are some needs. And so is Andy, where's Andy at? Andy, come on up here. Andy wants to chat with y'all for one second. Andy, just grab that mic over there on the stand and we will, we will chat with you guys for a second. Uh, we just want to say that we're um, thankful for the ministry that you're, you're doing and we really believe in it. Mm -hmm. And we'd like to present you with a check for $2,500. There you go. Thank you very much. And God bless there you. you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so just so you guys know, we're going to give them $2,500 to start with. And uh, unlike, other, unlike other ministries and stuff, they kind of have everything there. And so what they have to do oftentimes, if there's a need, they have to go and purchase things here and there to help out, maybe in bulk. I know you guys do a lot of bulk stuff. And so for us, you know, and talking to them, they said that would be the biggest help. And so this is a down payment of $2,500 to bless them, to get them through and get them started on their way for the, for the next year. And we're so thankful 
support you guys too. All right. Thank and you we, so much. And we love you. We love you so much. Okay. Thank you all so much. Isn't that awesome, y'all? That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. There you go. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. I'm going to help you guys get down there and then we'll, uh, we'll get rolling here. It's funny that the topic today is joy. Enjoy. This thing is so heavy, I cannot do that. <laughs> it's a joy. Um, the topic today is joy. And uh, I know personally, thank you, I know personally the people that work in this uh, food pantry. And man, their lives are marked by joy. It just is. It just is. I mean, they're marked by, by joy. It's just, that's the topic today is joy. And I, I've seen so many people who think that joy comes in, and we're going to talk about that for a second, but I see so many people that think joy comes in one way, but it comes in another way. You know, what we think joy, how joy comes is totally different. It's amazing because we haven't really gone over, but you guys know that the Advent candles that we're doing, and one of the reasons I love doing this is it's an anticipation. It's an anticipation. And those those, those purple candles, they really reflect a time of reflection and, and you're contemplating and, and you're, you're uh, awaiting the arrival, the anticipation that something's great is coming. And that's what the purple candles are. And of course, the, the white candle in the center will be lit on Christmas Eve at our Christmas Eve service. But the pink candle... The pink candle symbolizes something. The pink candle symbolizes a turning point. It symbolizes a turning point. It's almost like you're turning the curve and you're heading toward it. It's almost here. And it's a symbol of a turning point. Um, I'm sure you guys have seen the tornadoes that happened uh, yesterday and the day before. Uh, man, when I see that kind of stuff, it just kills me because, you know, we went through that in 1999. We lost everything we owned. And I started thinking about this message and, and I started thinking about those people and those people will have a turning point at some point like we did. So our turning point in the tornado was was we were looking and back then they didn't have the Internet. And so we had I had a piece of paper and a pencil, uh, a pen, and, and we had to go. What the insurance company made us do is they made us go and make a list of all the things that we lost. Now, if you've never done that, think about your garage right now and say, hey, what all did you have in there? Now, here's what we had to do. This was even worse. We couldn't just look up something online for a price. We had to go and look and see how much it actually cost in the store to put a price on it. So I think we ended up having 13 or 14 pages front and back of stuff. And so we were working on that. On, it, was, it was on a, uh, it was on a, on a Thursday. We were working on a Thursday, working on that. And uh, we were at the mall looking for, that, a mall, by the way, for those young, or is, you go there and you'd hang out. And, and it was all these stores there, and it was really cool. Um, um, hopefully they'll come back at some point, but not yet. But uh, we'd go to the mall, and we started shopping, and we got, uh, we got phone call. And said, hey, you need to come to the Civic Center. And I said, well, what do I need to come to the Civic Center for? And they said, Peyton Manning has heard about, he's on, he's on the Colts plane, and he's heard about y'all's, y'all's, uh, um, your, your disaster, and he wants to meet you too. And I had had a Peyton Manning signed football uh, that I lost in the tornado. 
And so we go down, we go down to the Civic Center in Jackson, and sure enough, Peyton Manning walks in, and all the news crews are there, and it was really kind of cool. And he was so nice, he, he said, do you want me to sign it, Peyton Manning, number 16, at, which he was at Tennessee, or number 18? And I said, 16, bro, who cares about 18? Um, but yeah, so he signed it, he signed it. I still have the football, I still have it at my home in my office where he signed it at. And so, and it was crazy because um, uh, there was a guy there who was a huge Tennessee fan, and, and Wendy and I decided, at that point we left, and we decided that we had enough sadness. We had enough uh, of looking for stuff. And so we decided, you know what we're going to do right now? We're going to go look at new homes. And we're going to go, we did, we literally did, we went and walked through some new home buildings. And we're going to go look at neighborhoods where we're going to get our next home. And we're, that's what we're going to do. And as we're driving around, we're listening to the radio. And on the talk radio, this guy, this guy says, man, y'all should have been there. It was so awesome. I don't know how he ended up there, but this guy and his wife. And, and he was crying on the radio. And I was like, Wendy, I think he's talking about us. And sure enough, they were talking about us. And that was our turning point. From that point on, we no longer look back. We look forward. That was the pivot. Some of you may or may not know this, but I dated Wendy long distance. It's the only way I convinced her to marry me. She wasn't around me every day until she had committed. I literally didn't ask Wendy. I, I, did not, I was not in the same town as Wendy until after we got engaged. Because I'm thinking, look, if I, can, I can fake it for a couple of days every couple of weeks, right? I can, you know, suck my gut in and look all handsome. And, uh, and I had hair back then, too, and I would, it was really bad, though. My hair was really bad. But anyway, so I, I was, it was working on the cul-de-sac, and it was really bad. So not that cul-de-sacs are bad. If you've got a cul-de-sac, I apologize. But uh, anyway, I'm just one of these guys that just go ahead and shave it off. But uh, I, I, Wendy used to call me Bozo the Clown because my hair would be really thick on the sides, and it was red, and it was really bad. So... But anyway, it was really bad. So, but I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't in the same town as her at all. She she was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I was in Jackson, Tennessee. And we drove back and forth. And I asked her to marry me. And and so then I was like, okay, it's been two months since the engagement. She's already told everybody. So and we're already making wedding plans. So I guess I can move near her now. And so I did. I moved up there and lived with the pastor that was going to marry us. And anyway, long story short, um, when you're driving, when you're driving. Uh, uh, out, out toward Tulsa, uh, you, go, you go through Little Rock, and then you head up, and then you hit on 40, and you're going straight through. And, uh, and you come to this thing. It's a beautiful sight. It's a huge, huge sign. You know what it says? It says the Muskogee Turnpike. And I loved seeing the Muskogee Turnpike. You know why? Because it meant I was 45 minutes from my girl. And man, I love seeing that thing. Muskogee Turnpike, man, that was the turning point. Man, I'd stop, throw in a little deodorant, put on some cologne and all that, put on some Old Spice. It was awesome. It was awesome. I was dapper. That was my turning point. That pink candle represents the turning point for us too. The anticipation. We've been in prayer and contemplation. We've been talking about peace and hope. And all of a sudden now, the excitement is starting to build. Joy is defined in this way, to delight in or have great happiness in. Thank you, Aaron, for reading Luke chapter, chapter uh, 2, verses 10 and 11. Let's bring that back up, and I want to read it for you as well. But the angel 
reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. The word joy has been used decreasingly over time. We don't use joy a lot. We use happy a lot, but we don't use joy a lot. And so what I want you to see is, is that what some of these candles represent and what we are talking about during the holiday season, and we talk about it every holiday season because we always need to be reminded, is that our very lives, our very foundation for our lives are to be literally, the, the, it needs to be hope and peace and joy. And next week we're going to talk about love. Those need to be foundational for our lives. They need to be the backdrop for our lives every single day. And with that, I'll tell you this, and this is the first point. Our lives are to be marked with joy. Our lives are to be marked with joy. Now, I'm going to be completely transparent with you and tell you. Whenever I, whenever I started going to church, I didn't start going to church until I was 16. Okay, I'd go here and there and some, but I didn't really start going to church until I was 16. And so when I started going to church, I, I didn't fit in really well at church. I know that'll shock some of you, but I didn't. I didn't fit in really well at, at church. And quite honestly, I thought a lot of people in church were kind of fuddy-duddies. Are you with me? Just kind of boring. And I thought a lot of people, I would define them as fun suckers. You know those people that you're having a great time and then they show up. And you hear this. <laughs> And they're sucking the life out of you. You know what I mean? That's just what they do. They're fun suckers. And honestly, you guys, a lot of people that I've experienced in churches have been fun suckers. And they have been people that are overly critical. And they have been people that are fuddy-duddies. And they have been people that really, if I'm being completely honest with you, they did not tell me with their lives that they had joy. What they told me is, is that I have a list of rules and regulations that I'm following every day and I'm miserable doing it. But you should join me. No thanks. Their lives were not marked with joy. And I never really felt like. And most of the sermons that I would hear would be, don't do this and don't do that. Are you with me? Don't do this and don't do that. I'll never forget it. I, uh, uh, I, was, I was dating this girl. She was much uglier than Wendy, too. But I was dating this girl, and uh, she totally, I was like, what am I even doing? But no, I, I was dating this girl, and she, uh, she went to a different uh, church, okay? And uh, I, I came to my pastor because I wanted to be close to my pastor, and I said, hey, I said, you know, uh, I'm dating this girl, and she goes to this church. And he said, well, that's really nice. Maybe you can bring her here so she can hear the truth. Now, let me say something. I mean, she wasn't going to like, you know, you know, uh, you know, I don't even know. She wasn't going to like Islam, you know, nothing. I mean, she wasn't, she was just another denomination. You know, as a matter of fact, she was Baptist. And so, but that was his, his first thought was not to say, hey, that's really incredible. Or, hey, man, tell me about her. His first thought was to say, well, maybe you can bring her here and she can hear the truth. And that was disappointing to me. And I didn't fit in. And I never fit into the system of church. 
I really kind of still don't, to be honest with you. Romans 15.3 says this. Here's what it says. Romans 15.3 says, I pray that God, the source of what? Hope. Will fill you completely with what? Joy and peace. I pray, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. And here's what happens. When you trust in Him and He fills you with joy and peace... Because he's the source of hope, you will overflow with confident hope through the power of Holy Spirit. You will do that. The happiest day of my life is when I realized that God had saved me to be exactly who I was. And he didn't want me to change in some radical way. He wanted to take the personality and the attitude and all those things and he wanted to mold it into what he had in mind when he created me to begin with. He wanted to teach me and mold me and give me hope and peace and he wanted to give me joy. And it brought great freedom into my life when I realized that I didn't have to be a fuddy-duddy. It's amazing. There's a story that happens. So in the book of Nehemiah, they've gone back. They've gone back. And they're going to, to rebuild the ruins. They've come out of, they've literally come out of captivity. And they've come back and they're going to build the ruins. And one of the first things they do is they get the book of the law. And they begin to read the book of the law. Are you with me? They haven't heard this. 70 plus years they haven't heard this. And they start reading the book of the law. And they begin to read the book of the law. And guess what everybody starts doing? Worshiping? No. Guess what they started doing? They all started crying. They all started wailing and crying because of where their life was and where it is now and what they haven't heard and how much they've gotten off, off mark. But here's what Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10 says. I think we have that. And Nehemiah continued, go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food that people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before the Lord. Don't be dejected and sad for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You may feel dejected and bad. You may feel like you're distant, but I want you to know something. Don't do that. Celebrate, for the joy of the Lord will be your strength. Our lives are to be marked with joy. Our lives are to be marked with joy. One of the things I like to do is, if you go to a store that actually has checkout people these days, I don't know, we went to Walmart yesterday and they had one. So, uh, yeah, so I don't know if I'm getting a Christmas bonus for being the checkout person at Walmart because I do my own groceries constantly. But anyway, uh, you know, anyway, not that Walmart's bad. It's a great thing, Sean. So don't even look at me. I know Sean's rolling. Sean works for Walmart in the back. But anyway, so but literally I went to Walmart and, and we checked out our own stuff. But I'll tell you this. When you go to Walmart, to Target, to, to Sam's, uh, to all these places, to Publix, when you go to these places and you... You actually engage in a conversation with people. When you say, hey, how's your day going? Hey, how are you doing? Are you going to have a big Christmas? You know what they usually do? They're shocked. You know why they're shocked? 
They're shocked because no one has ever showed them that they matter or they care. They just think that they're there to check your groceries out. They think it's their job. No one's ever showed them that. No one's ever showed them the appreciation that they deserve. No one's ever showed them that. And so most of the time when I do that, people are shocked. Why don't you do that today? Some of you guys are going to go out to lunch today. Engage in a conversation with your waiter or waitress. Do that. See how surprised they are. See what they do. See, because we're supposed to be people that are marked by joy. We are. We're supposed to be people that are marked by joy. And that pink candle, it caused attention. Are you with me? So when you guys came in today, or when you first saw this, and I don't know if you're like me, but my first thing is, when I first saw the Advent candles, when I first saw them ever in my life, my first thing was, was what's up with the pink thing? That's the first thing I thought. I've seen the purple here, the white, you know, okay. What's up with the pink? Why is it pink? That draws attention, and you should draw attention too. I've heard so many people say this. They say, listen, God wants you to have joy. He doesn't care about your happiness. Baloney. He wants you to have both. He wants you to have both. He does. Even in times that are really hard. And honestly, when you have a struggle and you're having a hard time, a lot of times when the happiness begins to fade is when that joy begins to really, really rise up. Are you with me? We're to be people marked with joy. But here's the second thing. You have to practice joy. I said last week you have to practice peace and you have to practice hope. You have to practice joy as well. So one of my close friends in high school, his name was Eddie Smith. And Eddie Smith was about 330 pounds. He's a big dude. He's about 6'4", about 330. Okay. And he was a great football player. He ended up playing for Texas Southern University. And then he ended up playing uh, for the Houston Oilers. Uh, and then he got cut from the Miami Dolphins. And he was a big dude. And we were friends in high school. And so I had never gone, I had never been over to his house before. And Eddie was an African-American, okay? And so, and I, being a, a Southern white boy, had no idea what some of the customs were. I had no idea. I went into his house, and we sat, and his mom, I'll never forget this as long as I live, his mother was sitting on the couch. And I sat down, and she goes, hey, how are you doing? And she gave me a hug, and, and he, he sat down, and and I said, how are y'all? Are y'all doing good? And she said, uh, yeah, would you like some sweet tea? And I said, no. <laughs> it was a real bad decision on my part. She didn't even listen to me. She just got up and went and got me a glass of sweet tea. And when she walked out of the room, Eddie said, Man, you dumb white boy, you're supposed to take the tea, man. That's what Eddie said. I was like, Eddie, man, why didn't you tell a brother? I didn't even know. It's the best sweet tea I've ever had. And I'm going to tell you something. She sat and talked to me. And we talked and we laughed and we cut up. Y'all listen. This is crazy to me and I can't express to you because they didn't have a lot. I can't express to you this fact. It's been 32 years 
32 years since I had that conversation. I still remember it to this day. I still remember it to this day. Even in her tough situation, even in her, and she was, she had some health problems and none of that mattered. She just wanted to sit on the couch and laugh and have some sweet tea with me. And she didn't even know me. None of that mattered. She had, she had learned the art of true joy. Do, do you guys know, do you guys know that joy is a mindset? Do you know that? A lot of you guys, what you do is, is you, you're like, okay, well, I'm a Christian now and I'm reading the Bible. And you wait on the joy to hit you in the forehead. Here's the thing, guys, it's not going to happen that way. It's not. It's not. You deepen your joy because you realize that Christ is the hope and no other thing you put your hope in is the hope, but it's Christ is the hope. And you know the hope is not, listen, the hope is not worldly. The hope is eternal. When you have an eternal hope, then you have eternal joy. Are you with me? And so I want, I want to share something with you that's fascinating to me. And I'm going to end on this. There have been studies done about the most joyous people those with the most joy. And this is amazing to me. Do you know that people with nicer homes and new cars and better jobs and more money, do you know that all of those things, listen to this, on a scale, none of it even measures on the joy scale of people that have joy. New cars, new homes, better jobs, more money. None of it. In fact, and I know you've all heard this, people that win the lottery one year after, most of the time, literally, I think it's like 94% of the people that win the lottery wish they had never won the lottery. Think about that. It does not affect your joy quotient. It doesn't at all. Money at all. That thing you think that you're going to get, it, all, it doesn't affect it. Not at all. What does? i tell you what does. Here, here's what the research says. Deep relationships. Deep relationships. Second, being content with your life, including when bad things happen. Being content with your life. And three, and I love this, being intentionally thankful. When you are intentionally thankful, your joy goes through the roof. It does. It does. Deep relationships. I would go a step further and say deep relationships with God and others. It does. It's an amazing thing. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that Miss Gale and Mr. Morgan have joy? Do you think they do? It's funny because, you know, the, 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 another person was going to be here and she was going to be out of town. And so, so they, they agreed to come and speak to us. And it is a God thing because they're just joyous people. As a matter of fact, when, when, when Amanda texted me, she said, 
I'm sending you two incredible human beings. <laughs> full of joy. So what kind of life do you want to live? What kind of life do you want to live? I'm going to choose joy. I hope you guys do too. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for people that love you enough to serve you in great ways. And because of that service, and because it's genuine, it develops in us a deep-seated joy. A joy that literally doesn't make sense. It literally surpasses understanding that we have. And so, God, I pray that you would bring to mind to us those things that are most important, that you would let us serve others, and that you would let us develop and cultivate joy in our lives, a joy that's, that's birthed out of the hope that you bring, the peace that you bring, and the love that you bring into our lives, all because you decided to come as a baby, and we celebrate that. Thank you for who you are, God, in our lives. And I pray that you would bring us a deeper sense of joy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand up and sing our final worship song this morning.
Stephanie, I know that, that uh, Josh is not here, but Josh graduates uh, Tuesday, and I'm so happy. So, so I was just sitting down here, and I was thinking about Josh, and, and just Josh is a, is, a, is a kid that was told that he would never graduate, that he would, he would you know, basically, I mean, he, he was just so so put put down and look I know professional people try to do their best but 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 he had he had some issues he had to fight through and for you guys who are here every week Josh is the kid that comes down and prays and most of the time he's praying for his school and I've got news for you um, the people that told him he couldn't do it uh, have have uh, have been wrong because with him and God all things are possible and so here's the cool part young clap that's awesome that's awesome but I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you guys something. So Josh decided he wasn't just going to be, you know, whatever. No. What did Josh decide he was going to major in? Mechanical engineering. <laughs> he graduates. I, I will see him. Uh, I will see him graduate on, uh, uh, on Tuesday uh, as a mechanical engineer. How cool is that? It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. In addition, go ahead. Masters in nuclear engineering. How about that? It's incredible. It's incredible. It's incredible. And when he wouldn't do well on a test, he would go back. He would go back. When he wouldn't do well in a class, he would go back, and he's fought his way through. And he's an amazing, I wish he was here. He was an amazing, amazing, and he'll, he'll be here again, but he's an amazing, amazing young man. In addition to that, you guys, uh, just as we are going to continue to sing this song, Sean Fernando is in the back. Sean is back with us. Sean lost his father. Um, and he was out in Phoenix for a few weeks. And Sean, I want you to know, brother, that we love you and that we're praying for you and that we're here for you. Okay, Sean is an integral part of our ministry here. He and his wife, especially Wendy, also helps with our students. And, and they have some, some they have, well, they have one great kid in Caleb. And uh, Josh, I'm just kidding, Caleb. I love you, buddy. But they're my neighbors across the street, so pray for them just for that. Um, but, uh, but seriously, Sean means the world to our family, and they have been absent for two weeks, and that's because they were out. And so if you guys can, give Sean a hug after the service because he, he needs it. He's, he, Sean is a good, good man who helps our, lead our, 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 our high school and middle school guys' small group. And he just, you know, they both love the Lord, and uh, I'm so, so thankful for them. But, you know, when you go through things that are difficult, it's very, very challenging. And I know there's other people here that are going through difficult times. I know there are. There's other people here. And so when we sing the last, maybe a little bit of this song, if we would, if we could just, if we could just, just pray through, pray for them. And uh, um, 
really the truth of the matter is, is that we, we do know what God has already done. We do know. See, Sean doesn't, doesn't grieve as someone with no hope. Are you with me? He grieves as someone who knows that he will see him again. He grieves not as someone with no hope. And so, and as a body, when we have celebrations like with, like with, with Josh and, 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 and sorrow like with, with Sean, we want to come alongside and pick them up both times. Are you with me? And that's the kind of church we want to be. Let's go ahead and let's continue to sing.